0: welcome to haunting history the podcast that reaches back into the past for the events that shocked everyone tales of true crime mystery and the macabre and when we're lucky the stories were history and the people who lived it and the paranormal meat. now who doesn't love a good ghost story right as our first ever episode. So here we are at Season 1, Episode 1, The Cecil Hotel. As I mentioned in the trailer, my co host will change randomly between Haley and Tress. Today it's Haley who's joining me for this episode. Haley,
1: you want to tell them what we're talking about? Hey everyone, we are going to get into all the history happenings at the Hotel Cecil in Los Angeles, California. Just by doing a simple Google search of the hotel, you will find page after page on the Southern California Landmark. It's the infamous Los Angeles hotel that several serial killers called home, and it's been the site of at least 20 gruesome and violent deaths resulting from suicide, accident, or murder. Some solved, some unsolved. When trying to decide on our first podcast, we looked at all the strange and haunted locations we knew about, and some we just learned about, but none compared to the Cecil. It's filled with a history of murder and mayhem, so it was a no-brainer for our first episode. Okay, do you know, Haley, any of the history of the hotel? I know, like, the
0: murders and the creepy stuff, but that's it. Okay, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the actual history because we all know that's my wheelhouse. The Hotel Cecil was built in 1924 by William Banks Hanner and designed by Loy Lester Smith. The hotel itself was opulent, with a marble lobby and stained glass windows, and it boasted 700 rooms on its 14 floors. It was designed to be a fashionable destination, although once considered an upscale hotel, most of the rooms did not even include a private bath. Can you even imagine?
1: No, I came home in college so that I could have my own bathroom again.
0: <laughs> in spite of the fact that the hotel opened with minutes of the Great Depression, it remained the place to stay through the 1940s. During the 1950s, the hotel started its serious decline. As Skid Row became increasingly popular with the homeless, the Cecil, as it was commonly referred to, became known as a residence for transients. In 2007, new owners attempted to turn the old building back into a moneymaker, but its location worked against it. In 2011, the hotel was rebranded as Stay on Main, and then in 2014, it was sold to Richard Bourne for $30 million. The New York-based firm of Simon Barron Development acquired a 90-year ground lease on the property. The company states that it's committed to preserve the architecturally and historic components, including that grand lobby. It's currently closed and undergoing renovation, which I know for a fact because Tressa and I called to make a room reservation.
1: You guys were really going to go stay there,
0: one hundred percent, and we'll probably ask for the most haunted room, make it halfway through the night, and leave. <laughs> we want to see it for ourselves. I had actually been to the Cecil. I never actually went inside, but I was there in I don't sometime in the nineties. Um, my friends I went with didn't want to go in and now after all the research I've done it's something I really have to see for myself with a projected opening date in 2019 the company plans to install a rooftop pool gym and lounge I can't imagine people are going to be flocking to see the marble lobby as it's far more well known as a destination for researchers of the paranormal including us you're not going to go with us you know you're going to go with us. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you're probably going to go with us. In 2017, the Los Angeles City Council voted to deem the Cecil a historic cultural monument. But what changed the hotel as being a fashionable destination to that of Suicide Hotel? There's many hotels in the area. Why did the Cecil become the hotspot for negative energy and happenings? Although the first suicide didn't occur till 1931, the hotel had its run-ins before that. In 1927, John Cornier was arrested in his room for running from police for stealing a diamond hairpin at the Roslyn Hotel. In April of 1929, a 33-year-old woman from San Francisco named Dorothy Robertson was taken to the hospital after wandering around the hotel for three days. According to reports at the time, she was distraught over the sudden death of her husband. A year later, a truck driver was fatally pinned against the hotel by a large truck and killed. Continuing on that, an elderly Cecil resident attempted to shoot himself in Westlake Park And an elderly woman tenant was found drowned in the ocean. Okay, so that's all the stuff that's written in little blurbs of history. But what we wanted to give you was a list of all the actual deaths associated with the Cecil in more detail. Haley, what we'll do is we'll take turns reading them because buckle up, there's a lot of them. You go first, Haley.
1: All right. So in 1931, Manhattan Beach resident W.K. Norton, 46 years old, was found dead in his room after ingesting poison capsules. A week prior, Norton had checked into the Cecil under the name James Willie from Chicago. In September of
0: 1932, a maid found Benjamin Dudich, 25, dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. He did not leave a suicide note.
1: In late July 1934, former Army Medical Corps Sergeant Louis D. Borden, 53, was found dead in his room at the Cecil. He had slashed his throat with a razor. Borden left several notes, one of which cited poor health as a reason for his suicide
0: in march of 1937 grace e magro fell from the ninth story window her fall was broken by telephone wires which had wrapped around her body she later died at the hospital police were unable to determine whether magro's death was a result of an accident or a suicide i wonder how that happened like she jumped onto the wires and they like i was thinking telephone wires electrocuted you but they don't do that I think they do. No, I don't think they do. They're telephone wires. They're not electric
1: wires. I don't know wires. what telephone wires look like at 24.
0: I know what some <laughs> stars towers look like. But I think, I really don't think they're electric, but like in my mind, picturing that, she fell and was like electrocuted, falling down. But I don't think, I don't know, maybe someone can email us and tell us how stupid I am for thinking that telephone wires are electric, electrified. I
1: have no idea, but... Moving on, in January 1938, Marine Fireman Roy Thomas, 35, jumped from the Cecil's top floor and was found on the skylight of a neighboring building. He had been staying at the Cecil for several weeks. See, like him, like how did
0: someone find him? Like they were just
1: standing under the skylight and they're like, look, there's like a body up there. I don't know. You'd be able to hear someone jumping from a floor and landing on a skylight. And how did it not break? Like, what was it made out of? That he just landed. That's
0: really weird. In 1939, Navy Officer Erwin C. Neblet, 39, was found dead in his room after ingesting poison.
1: In January 1940, teacher Dorothy Skeeger, 45, ingested poison. There's a lot of people ingesting poison. Yeah, I don't get it either. Does that happen anymore? I don't. Like, well, su- like suicide? Is that normal? It's- I don't know. I, I
0: picture poison as like they're drinking out of a bottle with like a skull and crossbones on it. Okay. Like, I mean, <laughs> could they be ingesting things that are just not... Like bleach. Like, well, yeah, I didn't go there. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking that. I was thinking more like pills or things that were not prescribed. <laughs> it wouldn't be poison then. No.
1: <laughs> First telephone wires and poison. Yeah, they could be drinking things okay. like bleach or
0: Drano or if they had draino back in 1939. I don't
1: know. Right. Okay, so whatever poison Dorothy Skiger used at 45, she drank it, staying at the Cecil, and was reported by the Los Angeles Times to be near death. No further reports were published about Skiger's condition. We did a quick ancestry search that says teacher Dorothy Seeger poisoned herself at the Cecil Hotel in Los Angeles and succumbed on January 12th, 1940. For some odd reason, her name appears as Dorothy Seeger in everything written about the Cecil Hotel, but her name was actually Seeger.
0: Which is really interesting because someone actually has her in their family tree. And I, oh, I should have looked more because I wonder if it was someone's aunt or something. I wonder if she, 45, she could have children. Mm-hmm. That could be how she ended up in that family tree, but they have a little blurb about her committing suicide at the Cecil hotel and rather indignant post about the fact that her name was spelled incorrectly.
1: Hmm. was
0: interesting. Maybe we'll do a little bit more research on miss Dorothy Seeger. Okay. This one seriously creeps me out and breaks my heart. I mean, they all make me sad, but this one really, really breaks my heart. In September of 1944, Dorothy Jean Purcell, 19, was sharing a room at the Cecil with a shoe salesman, Ben Levine, 38. Purcell, who had apparently been unaware that she was pregnant, went into labor. Purcell later testified that she did not want to disrupt the sleeping Levine, so she went to the bathroom where she gave birth to a baby boy. Thinking the baby was dead, Purcell threw him out the window where he landed on the roof of an adjacent building. Oh my god. It's like seriously hard to even read. Purcell was charged with murder. Three psychiatrists testified that Purcell was mentally confused at the time of the incident. In January of 1945, she was found not guilty by reason of insanity. She's 19. In a hotel room with a 38-year-old pregnant.
1: Yeah, I was 19, dating a 21-year-old, and my dad almost had a stroke.
0: I know that's like, that just seems insane. Yeah, I mean, I can't even imagine. You know what her life was like at 19? She was already pregnant in 1944. And then she went to trial. Like, where were her parents? Yeah, I don't know. She was found not guilty by reason of insanity. I did a little bit of a search on her in Ancestry, and I actually can't find her after 1940. Um, She could have changed her name. Even if she was institutionalized, she would be in the 19... Oh, now I know why. Would she be on, like, the, like, mental hospitals, though? Like, did they take... No, they did. But the 1950 census is not out yet. So, the next... She, this happened in 1944. The next census would have been 1950, and we can't look at those yet. They're not available yet. No. I no so, idea. I don't... That's how that worked. I had no idea. Yeah, that's that's why. I just I just realized that. But, like, I didn't see any marriage records for her or anything either, so I don't know what... I didn't find a birth, a death record. I don't know. I did find her in 1930 living with, I believe, her mom... And some borders. So, I don't know, that's that. that one makes me sad. Go ahead. Okay, in November
1: 1947, Robert Smith, 35, died after jumping from one of Cecil's seventh floor windows. Wow, jumpers. On October 22nd, 1954, a woman
0: plunged to her death from a seventh-store window of a downtown hotel, a newspaper said, her body landing atop the hotel marquee above the heads of pedestrians on busy Main Street. Police identified to her from cards in her purse as Mrs. Helen c gurney about 55 an employee of a san diego stationery firm officials of the hotel cecil said she had registered as margaret brown of denver when she had checked into room 704 a week ago hundreds of spectators gathered as firemen and ambulance attendants put a ladder up to the marquee and lowered the body shortly afterward the police were called to the lobby of the philharmonic auditorium to aid a man who seemed to be hysterical and they said he told them he had just been unnerved by witnessing the woman's death. On February
1: 11th, 1962, Julia Frances Moore, 50, jumped from the window of her eighth floor room and landed in a second story interior light well. Moore did not leave a suicide note. Among her possessions were a bus ticket from St. Louis, 59 cents in change, and an Illinois bank book showing a balance of $1,800. Was that a lot of money back then? That was a ton, yeah. $1,800.
0: That's a lot of money now, but I mean eighteen hundred dollars for a woman traveling by herself. Yeah. Hmm. Does it say what she did? It doesn't say what she did. I wonder what she was. She didn't leave a suicide note. Fifty. I don't know, that's sad. Um on this one. This one's bad. On October twelfth, nineteen sixty two. I say that like they're not all bad. (laughs) They're all really bad. On October twelfth, nineteen sixty two, Pauline Otten, twenty seven. She was only twenty seven jumped from the window of her ninth-floor room after an argument with her estranged husband, Dewey. Dewey had left the room prior to Otman's, Ot, Otten's her name's Otten, suicide. Otten landed on a pedestrian. Poor man. George Giannani, 65, killing them both instantly. As there were no witnesses, police initially had thought that Otten and Giannani had committed suicide together. However, it was soon determined that Giannani had his hands in his pocket at the time of his death. It was still wearing his shoes. Now get this. They determined, had he jumped, his shoes would have likely fallen off during the fall or upon impact.
1: I mean, like... That's the, a gross scientific the, fact to that, include.
0: No, it really is. And the, the creepy thing is this poor man, he, casually walking down the street, his hands in his pocket, just walking down the street, some chick just lands on him and kills him instantly. Like, I mean, like, what What do you have to have done Wrong in life to, to be receive that kind yeah, of karma. To, yeah, to like die like that. You're just yeah. walking down the street
1: with your hands in your pocket, and some lady just jumps and lands on top of you. <laughs> I don't know. Go. Go on June fourth, 1964, a hotel worker discovered Pigeon Goldie Osgood, a retired telephone operator, dead in her room. She had been raped, stabbed, and beaten, and her room was ransacked. Osgood was well known around the area and had earned her nickname because she fed birds in nearby Pershing Square. Near her body was the Los Angeles Dodgers cap she always wore and a paper sack full of bo- bird seed. Hours after her murder, Jack B. Earlinger, Erlinger. Erlinger Erlinger. Who knows? 29. He killed someone. It doesn't matter. Was seen walking through Pershing Square, the area in which Osgood fed the birds in bloodstained clothing. He was arrested and charged with Osgood's murder, but was later cl- cleared of the crime. Osgood's murder remains unsolved. See, so you said his name right. He actually didn't do it. No, he's walking around in blood-stained clothing. What did he do? No, I don't know. Too, and like, like, with... there's not. You can't come to many conclusions. Walking around with blood on your clothes—that you, like, you killed someone, probably.
0: I wonder. See, they didn't have DNA like they do now. No, they could have like tested his shirt, and that's so sad. Her murder remains unsolved, and we've been reading, and what all of them are. Yeah, all of them so far have been suicides. Hers is the one one where she she didn't take her own life. Someone else
1: decided. Well, except for George Gianni. <laughs> was was George, he was innocent bystander.
0: A, he was an innocent bystander. But she's the first one who wasn't... She didn't take her own life. She's the first one that someone took her life. Moving on. Because there's more. Um, on December 20th, 1975, I still... Aunt, Unidentified woman, still unidentified. You need to get her on that Facebook page. Um,
1: what? There's a Facebook page for like missing
0: Jane Does, like
1: like Wait. from back in 1995 too.
0: Well, they just solved one from 1983 or something. So why not? I mean, it's only an eight year difference. Why not? I don't know. I mean, I would think that they would. I I don't. I kind of want to. look... I want to see if there's any articles about her because she's still unidentified, like a million years later. So anyways, a still unidentified woman jumped from her 12th floor window. I think she's the one who jumped the highest, too. Onto the Cecil's second (laughs) floor. You act
1: like it's, like, some kind of competition. Well, Well, most of them in, like, 7th floor.
0: Well, when you say 7th floor...
1: It's tall, still. Are you about to say it's not that high?
0: No, it doesn't sound that high. Like, I get it. fence
1: onto grass is, like, high enough to break bones.
0: No, I get that. But it just doesn't... Like, when you go to Vegas and you're on the 7th floor, you're, like... It doesn't seem that high, you can still see all the stuff going on when you're in Vegas on the thirtieth floor. that's insane like I just I don't know she's she's making a point she's from the highest
1: all right,
0: I don't know it doesn't make a difference, but I'll go back um a still an unidentified woman jumped from her twelfth floor window onto the Cecil's second floor roof what Is that a different roof
1: for the second floor?
0: Oh, like, I get it. Like a, le- like a yeah. landing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well,
1: landing's not she... the right word to use. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. No.
0: no, 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 no. She had registered at the hotel on December 16th. And, wait, that's it? That's all I wrote? I'm sorry. On December 20th, 1975, is still, I we talked a lot about one sentence. I, on December 20th, 1975, a still an unidentified woman jumped from her 12th floor window Onto the Cecil's second floor roof. She had registered at the hotel on December 16th. What's that point of that? She stayed four days and then decided to jump. I don't know. All seemed quiet for the next 38 years until February 19th, 2013. All of you may have heard the story. It was when the naked body of Elisa, Elisa or Elisa? Elisa? Elisa Lamb, a 21-year-old Canadian student, Was found inside one of the water supply tanks on the hotel roof.
1: Oh, is this the one that was the video was like circulating? Yeah. Yeah. Lamb had gone missing
0: three weeks earlier on January 31st, 2013. After guests had complained about low water pressure and water that tasted fine. What are you drinking? Why are you drinking tap water, anyways? This is California. Isn't tap water fine?
1: Do you drink tap water? I mean, no, because I have a filtered water thing in my refrigerator. But would you drink tap water? No, you would drink bottled water. If I was at a... There's a million times where I'm at, like, hotels with my friends and didn't grab water on the way in and we're, like, drinking and you know, want water out
0: of the time. No, <laughs> That's out of desperation. People are not sitting there drinking. T- I mean, I guess it's it's a hotel where they don't... They pay $14 a night, so I don't know. Wait, really? No, it's really cheap. You'll, that was the 80s. It was $14, but... Okay. Well. No, it's really, really cheap, and clearly these people are not probably at Ralph's buying bottled water, but... I can't imagine. They had said that the water tasted funny, and it was... A, a, the color. The color was off. And no. after the guests had complained, um, a maintenance worker had um, checked one of the rooftop water tanks and found her naked body in the tank. Authorities later ruled Lamb's death as an accidental drowning. Accidental I drowning. I don't get that. No, we're going to come back to this. Video surveillance footage taken from inside an elevator shortly before her di- disappearance showed Lamb acting strangely, pressing multiple elevator buttons, hiding in the corner of an elevator, and waving her arms wildly, causing widespread speculation that the cause of her death. Oh, just caused wild speculation Whoa. about the cause of her death. <laughs> That's the end of the sentence. I don't know what just happened. After the elevator video was made public, many theories arose about Lam's death. Lam was reported to have bipolar disorder for which she was prescribed various medications, which could have contributed to her death as well as her strange behavior in the elevator. And then again, again, on June 13th, 2015, we're going to actually go back to the Lisa Lamb story. Um, On June 13th, 2015, the body of a 20- 28-year-old man was found outside the hotel. Some conjectured that he may have committed suicide by jumping from the hotel, like you know everybody else. Though a spokesperson for the county coroner's office informed the Los Angeles Times that the cause of death had not been determined.
1: That's you know how like all hotels you go to, like even on the second floor of hotels, they have the windows locked. Like you can't open them. Is that like the only hotel? It's 2015. No, was in 1924. Like, but well, still, isn't that like a like a co- state code thing? Like you. Maybe in Las Vegas where you're gambling and drinking. No, I it's think not... it's everywhere.
0: Wait, no. The older hotels, have you never stayed in the old hotels in San Diego and stuff where they have regular, normal operating windows? No. I mean, I don't. I mean, I guess people go would go to a hotel and do that rather than do it at home or that they need the height. Their house is like one story. I don't know.
1: Well, I think that's, the per- that's why they started locking hotel windows is because. Well, I know why that's not? what they
0: did in Las Vegas. That's 100% why they did in Las Vegas. There's high emotions, people drinking, losing all their money. So, yeah, that's definitely why they... I didn't know... I don't know about other places. I don't know. Tell us if you've ever been to a hotel that had windows that actually opened on, like, the 12th floor. I've Never experienced that. Which, again, doesn't seem that high to me.
1: You're
0: insane. I don't... And I'm terrified of heights. But when you say, like, if I check into a hotel and they tell me I'm on the 7th floor or the 12th floor, I'm fine. If they tell me I'm on the 34th floor, I'm like, nope.
1: It's to. all high. That's... 12th is just... You think 12th floor is high, and you're not yeah. afraid of heights. No. And I but am... I understand the distance from where I'm at to the ground. <laughs> I <laughs> understand the repercussions of jumping oh. out of twelve. window. Clearly, story I don't get window. it. Um, more
0: than 20 of us have been associated with the seesaw, although that's not the end of the creep factor. It actually gets creepier. Richard Ramirez, the infamous night stalker, terrorized Los Angeles in the mid-1980s. Ramirez was a visible presence on Skid Row in the months before he was arrested. For a time, he actually lived at the Cecil, where rooms were as cheap as $14 a night. A hotel clerk at the Cecil remembers Ramirez. The man said he is certain that it was Ramirez that lived on the 14th floor for several weeks, weeks several weeks in late July and again in August for two weeks. The night clerk, who lived on the, in a room on the same floor, said he had a few brief conversations with Ramirez Instead, Ramirez had told him he was from Mexico. He said the men did not know each other by name. And he said that Ramirez liked to play rock and roll music on his hotel room radio. Ramirez was well known. Now get this. The It's so scary. Ramirez was well known for leaving his bloody clothes in the hotel dumpster after a murder and walking through the lobby, partially undressed. It didn't raise any eyebrows in the sketchy neighborhood. It's also believed that he committed a large number of the, of the murders while living at the Cecil. Now, like, that goes back to the guy walking in Pershing
1: Square with blood all over him. Like, no one... Well, I don't know what they mean by well-known. Like, everyone saw him take off a bloody shirt and throw it in the dumpster. And I they mean now it's well-known. But what they're saying is everyone did know that he was walking around without clothes on. And, like, it was nothing. Like, no one thought... Have I... you been driving through Skin Row? No, I have. Have you been there recently? Yeah. That's where, like, there's actual fashionable, we'll go back to word fashionable, um, bars and things At now. Oh, I didn't know that. I've just driven by it and every time we drive by it, we're like, keep driving, keep driving, keep driving. Because <laughs> we know, know it's scary, yeah. And there are people walking around that shirts. It's homeless people. And you see all the, the hotels and stuff down there. Have you never yeah. noticed the Cecil Hotel? No, I have, but it's, it's not called the Cecil anymore. No, it was called the Cecil Yeah, State so I, I've never, like I've seen it and I think us driving by you have probably said what it is, but I've never registered. As never in, really looked at it? No, and then I... And to me, it's just the lady in the water tower. That's all. I oh, yeah. So you didn't know that's, like, the all this stuff. So. that were re- Yeah, no. that's a
0: lot. For I mean, I get that people go to hotels and take their own lives so they don't have to do it at home in front of loved ones and things like that. But I, I've never heard of another hotel that has had this. I mean, granted, it's been open 90 years or whatever. Whatever it is, 90 years. Um, I've never heard of a hotel that's had this many.
1: No, not to be known for it.
0: No, and it actually, it gets worse. Okay, so Richard Ramirez stayed there all while he was, you know, killing people and walking around half-naked because he threw his bloody clothes in the the trash can. Um, But also, Australian serial killer Jack Unterweger supposedly stayed at the Cecil in the early 1990s. Unterweger is thought to have chosen to stay at the Cecil in like a homage to Ramirez. Like he stayed there purposefully. This guy's a creep too. We actually probably should do a huge, a show on him because he was found guilty of committing murders. He did 15 years. I think he, I want to say he killed three people. He did 15 years. And then a bunch of people were writing in and saying, let him go, let him go. He's done. He's done his time. Are you kidding me? No, He. they did. Like, No, even even a politician had done it. And, um, please release him, please release him. They released him and he became sort of a celebrity. Like he went on ride alongs with the police and he did like a documentary about serial killing and things like that. And then, um, ended up killing more people, more people.
1: He's a murderer. I
0: know, but I, so we'll actually maybe come back to him on another episode and, and talk to him, but. Talk um, to him. No, (laughs) no. I'd rather not. talk about him because I've never heard that story actually until recently and what it says um, that I found he said he became a journalist and a minor celebrity but within months started killing again after being convicted of an additional nine murders three of which occurred in Los Angeles while he was staying at the Cecil Hotel he committed suicide by hanging himself in prison once he was convicted a second time for doing the same thing again and last but not least in 1947 we're kind of out of sequential order but there's a reason for that Elizabeth Short, also known as the Black Dahlia, was last seen alive at the Cecil Hotel. Now, this is conjecture. People dispute that this happened, but um, when people came forward during the investigation, um, several people had said that they had seen her at the Cecil Hotel. Uh,
1: I don't know much about the Black Dahlia. She later—that can be another episode too.
0: Yeah, I want to do an episode about the Black Dahlia really bad, and and tell us if that's if you want to hear that. I we did a poll on Instagram and 79% of the people polled had said that they'd already knew the story of the Bactelia. So if that's not something that you know, or it's something that you want us to dwell deeper into, we'll be happy to do a story on Elizabeth Short. Um, Short went missing on January 9th. It was found on the 15th of January, 1947. Her tortured and naked body was sheared in half at her midsection and left in a vacant lot in Los Angeles. Her body was completely drained of blood and posed intricately. Elizabeth Short was nicknamed the Black Dahlia by the media. Short's murder is still one of the unsolved mysteries in Los Angeles. It's a gnarly story. Like, yeah,
1: I didn't know any of that. You really didn't? No, I mean, like, I've heard the Black... Like, every time Halloween comes well, around a band, or something, you, like, hear about the Black as like, this, like, story. But I don't know anything about it. There's been, I want to say, like, four books written,
0: and two of them claim that their fathers were the murderer.
1: And she's tied into this because people said she stayed at the Cecil.
0: Yeah, well, she was from Los Angeles. So, like, she had spent time in downtown Los Angeles. So it's not that far-fetched that that she was there at one point. That she was there at one point, yeah. Um, As imagined, the hotel is the site of many activities people deem paranormal. Although I have yet to hear of an actual paranormal team being authorized to do an investigation there. Many have booked rooms and went on
1: covert missions to capture scientific evidence. You know what I just thought of just now? And I don't know that I necessarily believe in any of this, like, paranormal thing, but don't, like, people normally say when there's, like, a high level of, like, suicides or, like, killings in one area that it's, like, supposed to be, like, a paranormal reason? Uh, well,
0: I... That might be something to ask someone who's more versed in paranormal. I mean, I do research for for our paranormal team, but... Um, I think that there's a lot of people that believe that there's a portal there that there's some kind of, I mean everyone's go-to when anything is haunted or things like this happen is it was built on an Indian burial ground. You ever
1: hear that? I mean even like I mean yeah, but what's an in Indian burial ground that holds all this craziness? Like, I don't I don't, I don't know I don't
0: know what I, I'd be curious to know what was at in that area of Los Angeles before 1924. I mean. That's a lot of death and mayhem and murder. For one hotel. For one location. Yeah. And it's a lot of people taking their own lives.
1: I mean, is there something? I mean, you don't... You well, hear... because, like, I, you watch that video of... Elizabeth, or Elisa. Elisa. that we'll talk about again. And it's like, she looks like, she, like, it's, she's not acting normal. Like, well, you would think that something, some outside force is causing that. You
0: do think that you don't think it has to do with her, like a psychiatric? Well, break I, don't, or, I don't know. I can't really talk
1: break. about that. I don't know anything about like mental illnesses, but like I didn't. I don't think bipolar disorder is it bipolar, just like a mood thing? Schizophrenia? Yeah, I don't yeah, know. I've but... never seen anywhere that she
0: was diagnosed with schizophrenia, and we don't. I don't know enough about the psychological field to know the difference. But in the video, well, let's talk about that. It says, um, let's start. With the most recent, the most recent mystery is Elisa Lamb. Yeah. Because that's still technically unsolved. I think that the coroner and the police deemed it a suicide, right? Accidental drowning. Accidental drowning. Accidental
1: drowning. drowning. Yeah. So I don't, but whatever, I don't know. Elisa Lamb's disappearance had been widely reported. Interest had increased five days prior to her body's discovery when the Los Angeles Police Department released a video of the last time She was seen. It was on the day of her disappearance by an elevator security camera. In the footage, Lam is seen exiting and re-entering the elevator, talking and gesturing in the hallway outside, and sometimes seeming to hide within the elevator, which itself appears to be malfunctioning. The video went viral on the internet, with many viewers reporting that they found it unsettling, which I totally did. I was uncomfortable watching it. Like, I don't know if I could watch it again. Really? Really? Yeah, it's uncomfortable. No, I
0: kind of want to watch it again. I actually want to, I watched it recently, but I would watch it again because I think.
1: Like after reading more about it?
0: Yeah, because I think the first time I watched it, I was convinced that it was like a psychotic break. Yeah. Because I had read that her parents said that she was um, bipolar. But her behavior is more, like we were saying, more um, schizophrenic. From what I know, from I uneducated mean, uneducated people. Who yeah, don't we're know 100% about. uneducated about yeah. mental health. Um, her behavior is like she sees something. She's talking to something and then she's hiding from something.
1: Yeah, that's why I don't like it. That's why i makes so me uncomfortable. But does she seem. I don't know. I don't remember how it ends. On, I don't know. remember how the video ends. She just disappears. She, she runs back out of the elevator. She doesn't run. She's just outside the elevator and then she's like, yeah. Yes, yeah, see how.
0: It's. We should probably watch it again. Um,
1: so the explanations range from claims of paranormal involvement to bipolar disorder, from which Lamb suffered, which we talked about. If you haven't seen the video, it will be linked in our show's episode page on hauntinghistorypodcast.com. So definitely go watch that. If you haven't seen it, I can't imagine there's people who haven't seen this.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you don't know about the Cecil Hotel, you probably don't know about Elisa Lamb. But um,
1: yeah, it's creepy. Her
0: parents. I was going to tell you too. Her parents. Uh, actually tried to sue the hotel. For what? Negligence.
1: Because she somehow got up to the water tank and asked right. drowned. Right.
0: And that's going to say, doors and stairs that had, um, that access to the hotel's roof are locked. The only staff having, pa- with only staff having passcodes and keys. Any attempt to force them would supposedly have triggered an alarm. However, the hotel's fire escape could have allowed her to bypass those security measures. If she or... St- someone was with her i guess um had known that
1: so just completely speculating we just it could have been she could have actually been murdered right not an accident and the person who murdered her would have had to have been well this is what no oh right are they saying that i didn't even go there but aren't they no i don't
0: think that's what they're saying no No, that's really weird but they're saying
1: like to have access there like only staff has access
0: unless they went up the fire escape i mean she's little do you see how tiny she was Someone yeah. could have just thrown her over their shoulders and climbed a ladder. I mean, how hard would it have been to climb a, a fire escape? Again, no, uneducated, we don't have fire escapes where we live, so <laughs> yeah, no. I don't even know if I've seen one in real life. California doesn't typically have fire My, escapes. Every
1: time I think of fire escapes, I think of that episode of Friends, where or Ross, pretty woman. Ross and Joey, no, too, no for that. <laughs> when Ross and Joey are on the fire, they're like trying to get out of the room or something, out of... Apartment and Roth has to like climb down Joey because the fire. Oh yeah 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 okay I remember.
0: Um, that's the thing too is like not only did she get up there, say say she got up there via the fire escape. How did she get into the tank? It took maintenance workers a ladder
1: to get up there
0: to find her body in the first place.
1: Well, that's because it was
0: someone that worked. And again, how they lift the lid, and even more mysterious, how they put the lid back on. How did she get naked, wear her clothes? They don't talk anything about her clothes. Did she walk out of the hotel completely butt naked? Walk outside, go to the fire escape. Which I didn't think fire escapes actually each reach the ground. Every time I've seen one in a movie, Well yeah. Richard (laughs) Joey. (laughs) Richard Gere had to use an umbrella and pulled it down and then kind of like jumped
1: up and pulled himself up to get up on it. Like how she just, like, monkeyed up the fire escape butt naked? I don't know. In the condition that she's in, in that elevator video, it doesn't seem like she could climb up a fire escape, open a heavy door to a water tank, and get inside it. Well, climb the fire escape, climb the tank, lift the lid, which
0: I think was locked. Oh, no, they're locked now. Um, lift the tank, climb inside, and pull the tank lid closed. And the Funny thing... Not funny. There's nothing funny about this. I don't mean it that way. Um, the the weird thing is is that they had police dogs, like the sniffing dogs, all over the roof. And no one... They didn't, they didn't smell anything about her. Does that mean she was carried? Oh, they didn't
1: pick up her scent. They didn't,
0: <laughs> they didn't sniff anything about her. But yeah, that's probably the terminology I should have used. Okay. <laughs> they did not pick up her scent, which I find really weird. But this is another thing I have, I don't know about mysteries and crimes and unsolved things. If she's carried, do the dogs not pick up the scent?
1: I don't know. I mean, if you get, if someone is like picked up in a car and taken, the scent goes away. So would that be the same thing? Oh. See, that's why you're here. I don't know. It's because I am obsessed with true crime and missing and disappearance things. I know yeah. all
0: about it. I mean, I I mean, it's weird. They specifically say in all the newspapers that she, that the the dogs did not pick a percent and they had been on the roof. So how did she get up there? I don't, I don't really know. And I was saying that, that the parents tried to sue for negligence. Um, her family was convinced that her mental illness was well managed with medication. And, um, in fact, they attempted to sue the hotel. A judge dismissed the lawsuit because he said um, it occurred in an area where, the, of the former, former they call it the former Cecil Hotel now, where guests are not allowed. But how did she get on the roof? Climb the ladders? Lift the lid by herself? Not only that, how did she put the lid back by herself? Is what I wrote. But um, yeah, the, they actually tried to sue for negligence, I guess, because there were not locks
1: on the water tank. I mean, I as a family of someone who's died, I, I get that, but like also, I don't think she was accident. I don't think
0: think she walked up there and did herself. No, no. I don't think that either. So many stories online about paranormal experience at the hotel. A simple YouTube search of the Cecil will give you pages of videos to watch. People have posted stories of being woken up. This is kind of transitioned really weird, but we went from Eliza Lamb, which people 100% believe was paranormal, that she was interacting with something unseen, that it had nothing to do with her mental illness. And, um, the other stories are that people, um, report of being woken up to feelings of someone choking them, of seeing dark shadows in hallways, and a sound of crying in the night. Like, I can't imagine, they're crying in the night. I mean, how many people killed themselves? A lot. 16, I think. In total? 16 killed themselves, and then there were more, there were murders, the guy that, the poor guy that... Right. ...got landed on, and then the other guy that got smashed between the building and a track.
1: And Elisa...
0: And the um, goldie pigeon lady
1: yeah.
0: got murdered. Um, so I think there was 15 or 16. So, yeah, they're crying. I'm not surprised by. I mean, the building itself has to be crying. I you know that sounds really dramatic, but... It's so dramatic. I know, but it's true. There's so much death and horror that have happened in this hotel. I mean, how can one space hold all that energy? If anything, the energy has to be just horribly negative in that building. Yeah, it can't be like oh, like we're on vacation. Let's go stay at the Cecil. <laughs> like you don't. Well, no. Why would you? There's not even pool, or bathrooms. There's no bathroom. there's bathrooms. Like they share bathrooms in the hotel.
1: No.
0: So it's not really a place you would go stay. Anyways, no. I mean, I don't know what it's going to be like when they reopen it. They're uh, they bought it for thirty million dollars. They clearly know what they're doing. So maybe it will be the opulent, 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 op opulent hotel that they intended it to be back in
1: 1924 i don't know that's another interesting thing like paranormal people say that when you start renovating something that oh has it's, that much...
0: God, i know i want to go
1: talk to the construction workers because it's supposed to conjure up all this crazy stuff when you start messing with it right yeah i'd be curious to know how that goes
0: it would be interesting to go down there and stand out front and ask all the construction workers as they come out.
1: Yeah, because the construction workers are going to be super... No, that's actually happened to me before.
0: I went in Old Town Orange. They were rebuilding um, the original hotel in Old Town Orange that is now Wahoo's restaurant, and I went and talked to the construction workers, and they all told me that none of them will stay after dark, that they're done at dark, and um, they've heard noises and things like that, and all of them are very creeped out. In fact, most of them didn't know why they were creeped out until I told them it was one of the first hotels and it was um, it was a sanitarium where people died. Hmm.
1: Maybe. It, it maybe. was a,
0: supposed to be a hotel, and then it turned into a sanitarium. I don't
1: know. Maybe you wouldn't it. So sure.
0: maybe, we would, maybe we should go down there and hang out with some construction workers, maybe see yeah. what happens. Um, so if you do a quick search on YouTube, there will be videos to, videos to watch of all the haunting that goes on there. Um, there's actually a picture, and I'm going to try and put it on our website i'm not certain if i can because it might belong to someone but um if you google it google uh, ghost in window at the cecil hotel i cannot figure out that picture at all you can find it by searching for ghost in the window at the cecil and clicking on images the history of the cecil hotel is not over yet with a projected opening date just a year away we have just a little bit to wait to see if the murder and mayhem continue Thank you for listening to this episode of Haunting History Podcast. Be sure to follow, like, and comment on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Haunting History Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen. Visit our website at HauntingHistoryPodcast.com for more information on each episode. Until next time, I'm Kat, and remember, the living are far scarier than any ghost.